Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, what's up, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name's Daniel. It's your boy, Double H. Hacho, trying to live, trying to, just trying to stay alive. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, at Talking Tactics, Facebook, Talking Tactics 352, SoundCloud, Talking Tactics, Instagram, Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, thank you. And you can follow us there. Please do that. If you're on an Apple device, listening on Apple Podcasts, remember to subscribe. It's free. We don't charge you. If you do want to help the show, though, become a patron. Three bucks a month, and you get, you know, 30 to 40 minutes of Talking Tactics Extra every week that we record for you guys. And type in Talking Tactics Podcast on Google. It's probably the easiest. So Juventus, they got enough points to make sure that the last game of the season in Serie A is quite irrelevant. They've won nine leagues in a row. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. So since 2011-2012, they've been Serie A champions. Wait, do you want to laugh? So the last time Juventus didn't win the, the league, guess who was still playing? Nesta? <laughs> Gatsuso? Sadov? And Ronaldinho? The Did last you... time Juventus didn't win the, 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 the league, those five players were still actively playing professional football. It's been a decade nearly. So... What are our thoughts, man? I mean, we all obviously we knew this was going to happen. We knew this was going to happen six years ago, or maybe yeah. not six years ago, four years ago. We knew, like they're going to win maybe ten in a row. So this is just further evidence of what we already predicted years and years ago. But now that it's happened, how do you feel? It shows the complete stupidity. Actually, no, sorry, that's that's the wrong, wrong word. It shows it's it shows again how ridiculous the domestic game is. And see, this is just what I've 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 realized. There are like two kinds of reactions, which aren't mine. But the two reactions are so the one reaction is the UV UV fans, where you're just programmed just to always be happy whenever your team wins. Whatever the case may be, this is a bit easy. Wait a minute, this is this is a bit pointless. Wait a minute. Am I really happy? Should I how happy should I be when this is so easy and something is, is going on here that we've won nine in a row? But they're just prone to be like, yes, we won, boom, boom. Then the other reaction is you've got to just keep it going. So if you work for like a football magazine or so forth, why are you doing an expose with regards to how ridiculous the the domestic league is? No, get the tweets out, get the champions exact and and put the articles about how they've won in a row, title champions again, you know, they, they win and all that celebratory crap. Every time I see this happen, and look, this has happened like nine times in a row now, I believe that I'm like the only guy that has my kind of reaction, which is that this is stupid. 
and there's nothing to celebrate. This has never happened before. So the fact that we've now got into a stage where a team has won in nine in a row, another team has won in like six, seven in a row, just shows you that like, what's the point in watching the league? Because see, the thing here is, is that <laughs> if we're just watching the league to scout for players and to see who finishes top four, that's really sad. <laughs> because what was so joyous about what what is enjoyable about watching a league is wow who's gonna win who's gonna win the title this year what kind of title challenge are we are we gonna have it's gonna be like two teams will it be, be, be three teams but if it's a case of where no it's it's not about who comes from comes first it's who finishes second third fourth and who gets relegated then for me the the fun is gone when you're watching like a world cup or a champions league it's not about okay who reaches the final who reaches the semis no who wins it who is the winner I'm watching it to see who is the winner. I'm not watching it to see who comes second, or who comes third, seeing to who comes the winner. So if there is no suspense as to who the, the, the winner is, what's the point? It's like you're reading a book. You're reading a, a series of books, but you always know what the ending of that book is. You always know what it is. That may be slightly different because people will say, well, even if you know the ending, it is the journey that you take to the ending, but this is different. So if you use this example, this is like, the story leading to the ending is pretty much the same. There's nothing compelling with the story. Like, okay, yes, I've seen that twist before. Yes, I've seen that um, change the story before. Yeah, but we all know how it's how it's going to end, <laughs> you know? So, oh, Napoli came close. Lazio came close. Uh, Inter came close. Uh, Roma came close. But yeah, it's the same story. I'm just really shocked and surprised that nobody is really looking at what has just occurred. Because people are like, oh, nine in a row. But no, no, really think about it. <laughs> its team has won a league, 38 games a season, 38 games a season. Plus, what you do in the Champions League and what you do in the Cup, they've won it nine times in a row. Nine. That is stupid. Let me tell you, if let's say this was the... Greenland League or the Alaskan Football League and a team <laughs> won it nine times in a row. Okay, you'd just laugh, but like, yeah, it's the Alaskan League. But even then, you'd be like, man, the fact that this is what is considered one of the top leagues in the world and what was the top league in the world at the time is even much more shocking. I'm, I'm but, doing some quick math here. Okay, in the last 24 years, in the Greek Super League, Olympiacos have won 20 times out of 24. Now, that's dominance. 20 out of 24. And it's only been recently. Like, recently they slipped up a couple of times, and I think they let Athens and PAOK win a, win a title in, like, the last two, three years. So there was a time where there was, like, 19 out of the last 22 or something like that that they won, so... Yeah, I was just thinking when you said if the Alaskan League or something like that. Now in the Greek League, oh, you, yeah, so five times. So in five Milan, times, five times, times. Yeah, yeah. But 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 see, what I always said about this is, and then the not awarded is obviously the yeah, the, yeah, one the that was What I always say to to, to this is, this was Calcio Poli. That two thousand four two thousand five year is the reason why this exists now because they were like, okay, we cheated. You know, you're going to take our league away. Fine, bet. When we get back on, it took five years or six years, but we're not giving it back ever. That must be the mentality. But anyway, congratulations to Juventus. I, I, I also do want to shout out Sari. He might have won one of the lower leagues and like getting uh, promoted or something like that. But this is his first actual major domestic trophy. 
So I think that's important to start out. He started out in the eighth division of Italian football. He was a banker at one point. Um, See, so, so Sarah used to walk in the bank in the morning and played and played games in the afternoon and evening. In 1990, he aged 30, he transitioned into coaching following the same shift he had adhered to his entire work life. Wow. Congratulations to him. It's a good story. It's a it's like a movie almost. Guy who was a banker, but his real love was football, and he worked his way up into getting into Empoli, and then Napoli creates a great team, goes to Chelsea, wins a European Cup. He gets hired by a team that had won eight in a row, and he has to maintain it. And he did, obviously not in the greatest style or fashion, but they got what they needed to get done. And do you know the type of football that was played when they won it four times ago? Maybe, maybe not, but you know that they won it. So I won 10 in a row. Me too. I need a decade. I need that. I don't think that's ever been done. Yeah. In the Premier League, the Bundesliga, I mean, that will happen. Like, French the, the 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 French league we know is seven with Lyon. So no, so so, so basically Juventus are sitting on the record, which, which is nine. Yes. So tens never happened. A full decade has never happened. So we need that just to nail in the the point that but we have think, here. Because now when you speak to UV fans, they're like, no. Just what you said, because UV fans that I've spoken to have said, like when I said that, this is ridiculous. I say, nope, we are gonna take and destroy this league and totally f this league over based off what Inter Milan, Marathi, and all those dudes tried to do to us. So yes, we want it more and more and more just to completely destroy this 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 league. So yeah. Although I I think next year Inter will be in a better position, supposing they keep Conte. I think they'll launch a far sterner challenge. But most successes in a row in England is just three. Now something is being said here with regards to what the Premier League will look like. Because people have said, well, you know, you had Leicester City, you know, then you had Chelsea, then you had City, then you've had Liverpool and so forth. But I think when you look at the last three seasons, so 100 points, 98 points, and now 99 points. I think Liverpool and City are saying that we're in a whole different level level from everyone else. And they are just going to be set apart in terms of consistency going forth. Now, I don't believe there's going to be, it's going to either be Liverpool or City. It's going to be, put it this way, it's going to be a combination of La Liga and Bundesliga in the sense of it will be the duopoly of La Liga, but the way it will be done will be in the sense of the dominance of Bayern Munich in terms of nobody's even touching City and Liverpool because they'll just be playing at so high a level. Because see, Juventus struggled and they looked bad this season. Just shows how 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 how, <laughs> how useless this is. That even though that they struggled, they still managed to, to win. But Barney Nick, whenever they've won, they've actually looked good. Mm. And they've just been on such a higher level than everyone else. Like their closest sides were Dortmund, they completely crap on them. So, but I think it's going to take another um three, four, five seasons before either Chelsea or United can close the gap. Because also it doesn't help that their coaches are are rookies, essentially, mm. in Stokeshire and um, Lampard. Liverpool and Man City, better players, stronger team, stronger mm-hmm. squad, two of the best managers in the world. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. How yeah, do you I think, I, I think if you look at City squad and Liverpool squad, they're all in their primes. Salah, Firmino, Mane, Van Dijk. The fullbacks are obviously young. The midfield is not too old. If you look outside of maybe Milner, Henderson's probably our age, 29, 30, 31. Cates is probably in his prime. So they, they won't be aged until... 
like 2023, 2024. City's probably the same. They're probably even a bit younger with like Jesus and uh, Sterling and those kinds of guys. So they're not going anywhere. It's just a matter of how fast can the others develop to take points off them to kind of bring them back a bit. I, I think you're right in the sense it's going to be a duopoly for a while. What would it take to get a team from 66 points to 80 points? And then in that 80 points, can they drop off, meaning Liverpool, can they drop off 10 and get to like 89? Like there's like a, it's it's too many points to make up. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a process. You're gonna have to wait until uh, United, Chelsea, perhaps Arsenal develop into better challengers, and then the decline of Liverpool meeting that at a certain point, maybe in two three years, and maybe then you'll start to see the gap close to maybe ten points. And then once it's ten points, I, I feel like you know anything can happen. But when it's twenty three points, or is it? It's even worse than that, is it? We mean the gap now. 99 minus 66? I mean, it's 33 points. <laughs> no, no, look. It's it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's, so. You can't make that up in, in, in one season. Man. Listen. It, it, Chelsea had, yeah, six, 66 and 99. So if you just want to take the, the, the midweek game, think about it. Like, Liverpool had nothing to play for on Wednesday. And Chelsea had everything to play for. They just needed a point after what happened with United where they drew and they were like, okay, so Chelsea, we only need one point. We're at Anfield. They won the title. They're just here to play for pride. And they lose 5-3. And 5-3 was only after Christian Pulisic came on and did some stuff. <laughs> they wasn't good. And that's just the levels that Liverpool, Liverpool saw the intensity probably that Chelsea came with. And we're like, okay, we can match them. And then it was 1-0, 2-0, 3-0. Those are the levels that they hadn't hit in a while. But they were just kind of spurred on by Chelsea's necessity to, to get a point or a result. And that's the level. In a game we don't need to win, we can beat you. In a game you need to win. But, you know, Chelsea got bailed out by playing Wolves at home, <laughs> I guess. So they, they had that that game in the pocket to where they could get a result. Chelsea got enough to secure top four. They, you know, they they won. It was, it, was, it was a bad game. But, you know, they had two really good minutes. Mount got a free kick. Giroud. Giroud, man. Okay. I don't know. Do I need to apologize? I don't know if I need to apologize. I thought Mitchy was better. <laughs> and I honestly, I honestly thought Mitchy was better. But, you know, look, at, even though Mitchy hasn't had a chance, Giroud's just, he's just a better striker. I got to hold my hands up on that one. It just is what it is. He's better than even than Tammy Abraham. It's just, I don't know if it's experience, if it's his build, if it's just the knowledge experience. of, it's it's just, he's just, he's just a better striker. Because first of all, that was a, probably the worst game Chelsea have played under Lampard. That's first half, Chelsea were like, crap. Do you think William not being there was messed with the chemistry of the team? Mm, I don't think he's that drastic. True, you could say that the team were definitely nervous. They were afraid. But I just think in terms of just the passing movements, the chemistry was just all all off. Everybody was just like, the, the wavelength was, was all off, man. <sighs> <It's>, look. <laughs> look, you know where I'm going to go. Mounts isn't good enough for this team. No, that, that's no, 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 no. That's that's not true. People are lumping me in with you now because I've heard people say, "Yo, you need to apologize to Mount. Mount's good enough." I'm like, I haven't said anything against Mason Mount. All I've said is I don't think he should be starting 40 games in a season for Chelsea. I don't think he's. I don't think Chelsea should be happy that that's what's going on. But I understand if you have a transfer ban, maybe that does happen, or maybe he's just played 40 games. 
I don't think he should be doing that. Chelsea have invested in their youth academy enough to where they can create a player like him to where if you wanted to buy a young English number eight with those qualities, you'd probably have to go on the market and spend 30 million. And you get him for free. Essentially, obviously, the the money that you've put into him as a kid and the coaches and all that stuff has 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 a price attached to it. But think about it. How much would it cost to get a player as good as Mount for Chelsea? 35 so, million probably. So you've saved money and he's a squad player. When when Havertz comes in, when Ziyech comes in, when Werner comes in. Did you hear what I said? I said that he's not good enough to start. No, 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 no. You said he's not good enough for Chelsea. You didn't say start. Okay, okay. okay. Then let me clarify. He's not good enough to start for Chelsea. He's not, he's not good enough to be a starter. Squad player, yeah. Oh, he's a useful squad player to have for sure. He's not a starter. Very good free kick, really good free kick, an important free kick. I can't be fake and be like, oh, he's got an important free kick. Okay, I'm sorry, I was wrong. No, I, I wasn't wrong. Great free kick, superb free kick. Isn't good enough to, to start for this team. You don't look at Giroud. And the thing about Giroud is this. Chelsea don't need, need to buy a striker because same thing as how France won the World Cup in 98 with Stefan Kivash, who won the worst Played the rest of my life, and they won the World Cup again with zero scoring zero goals. What podcast me? mentions Stefan Givarch more than this one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a football podcast on this planet that mentions that Stefan Givarch more than this three, one. Three, three, my man. Jesus, <laughs> that is horrible. But Giro just shows that he's useful. You need a historical brick academy, but go ahead. Oh no, no, no! I, I, I have alumni. Like the night that Nigerian guy who missed the open goal is an alumni. Oh, okay. So Givash. Um, Giroud is useful, and he has his 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 uses. I am beginning to appreciate what he is, and when you know what he is, he is he's a very useful striker to have. Don't rely on him. Don't make him be the guy that man. We're looking for you to get that key goal. No, right. That's not him. But just having him there. Knowing that you're not reliant upon him, but your guys around you have to now step up and really be the star players. I think he's he's great to have in your team. You know what he is? He's just he's a bigger version of Firmino in essence. Yeah, it's just he's a, he's just six four. <laughs> yeah. It's just that you pump the ball to him, he controls it, and he brings people into the game. If he scores you a goal, that's great. But really, you're looking for those either number 10s or the wing or the wide players to be the ones who score goals. So I could imagine you start Giroud up top with Warner left, Ziyech on the right, and you play them together. And then maybe you have like um, maybe Mount in a a free eight or Kovacic maybe, but Kovacic is not really a goal scorer. But you have – Giroud will get you 10 goals a season. Mm. And Warner and Ziyech are who you're looking for to be like your Mane and Salah maybe, who can get you like 15, 20 goals. And then hopefully you can supplement them with goals from center backs and full backs and wherever else. It, it, it can work in theory. And then you have someone like Tammy, who's on the bench, who Lampard seems to really like. To be fair to him, and since the restart, I think he's been better. Five, ten minutes where the, the defenders are tired and he can use his pace and strength. Not to use pace and power, I don't want to say. <laughs> P-P-P. P-P-P. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 just, I, I think he's had some good cameos. For Mitchie, uh, he's he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Yeah, I'm, I'm, although, I'm, although I still hold out hope that if he goes to like a Crystal Palace or a West Ham, wait, wait, wait. Or how or how Gio, old is he? 
26. I think he'll be 27 soon. Wow. Okay. So, this is this is his 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 peak years, man. Yeah, I mean, if you well, I don't want to compare him to Drogba, but Drogba showed up at Chelsea at 26 or 27. So no, 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 no. But Drogba was a special case. Yes, I know. Like yeah. that's not that's not. I know, I know. Cool. He started playing football at like 22, so or 23. So he's 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 more like an Ian Wright, DDA Drogba. Um, we can do United Leicester if you want. What happened? I, I, I was obviously, as you probably know, I was watching Chelsea Wolves. I tuned into like the last few minutes of the Manchester United game. I was trying to watch two games at the same time. Yeah, you know how that goes, um, where where Lingard scored. So yeah, I guess Leicester bottled it. Or do you more think that you know? Look, they should have never been in this position to start with. Easily say you could easily say, "Hey, man." If you told us we would be fit before the start of the season, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You have to look at how things went. You were so far ahead that you should have finished third. Because there were, there were times when they were like three points behind Man City at a, at a, at a point. So you won percent you they bottled it. And they can't use the excuse of like, oh, come on, man. Like, look, we still came fifth. No thought we would become fifth. So we've actually, actually overachieved business. We are, no. You were comfortably third. Far ahead of underperforming Chelsea, United, Tottenham, and so forth, and they bricked it. The key loss was Bournemouth. Ooh. That was the key loss. See, they I, beat Bournemouth. They said that was the game. That was the game. Bournemouth. See, I, game. I don't want to go in two footed on Leicester here because I understand the limitations of their squad. Meaning, Ndidi was out for an extended period, who's probably their best central midfielder. Uh, I think Madison was injured, who's probably their best attacking midfielder. Um, their fullbacks chill well, and who's the who's the who's the other one? Their right back, Ricardo. Ricardo, he was, yeah, Ricardo. He was he was injured for a while. They were having to play West Morgan as center back, who actually gave away the penalty to Martial. Their starting eleven would have been decent enough, I think, to hold on to that spot where they healthy the whole time or fit the whole time. But once you start getting injuries, and you, ha- you then have to rely on the depth of your squad. Which which they didn't have, yeah. They didn't right, have Leicester's squad depth isn't good enough to hold off the bad starters that Chelsea or Manchester United have, if that makes sense. Ch- Chelsea could get no injuries, and their starting eleven is just good enough to catch up, given the head start that Leicester would have had to Leicester's backups who were just trying to hold on. So I think that's more what happened. So I don't want to like, yes, going by the numbers, and you were up by thirteen points sometime no, after Christmas but, or something. You know what but, it is, though? It's it's just like, I, I, I don't want to go in too hard because I'm I'm sympathetic. People then draw parallels with 2013-2014. Now, if 2013-2014 didn't happen with Liverpool... No, no, that, like, hey, that's a total know. bottle job. No, 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 no. That's different. There were no injuries. Like, Steven Gerrard was there. He just slipped. Luis no, no, Suarez was there. He just didn't no, get it done against... can draw a pattern, though. Maybe Rodgers just does not know how to grind out games. He's just once... Didn't he go unbeaten in the Scottish League? Three years in a row, or something like that. Like they they didn't lose. What? Excuse me. You're bringing up the Scottish League. No, I'm saying so- if it, I'm, I'm saying if it was in Rogers' DNA that he just messes up, then surely they would have lost a game in the in the Scottish no, League. Oh no! Come on, don't don't do that. Don't do that. Celtic Scottish League. Come on, bro. Okay, let's say. Psst, no, 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 no. Let's say that. Let's say Conte doesn't play a large portion of the season, which he didn't. Then let's say Kovacic doesn't play a large portion of the season. So that would be two midfielders like what Leicester had. Then let's say Aspilicueta gets injured, and then you have to rely on Reese James, which might not be that bad. Then let's say 
Alonzo gets injured. <laughs> then you have to rely on Emerson. Let's say a center back goes down. So now and you beat Watford or Bournemouth. See, now this is Chelsea's problem. If you're Leicester and you don't beat Watford or Bournemouth, you can't really use that stick to beat them with because Chelsea are just a different level of club. Like Leicester aren't really – Leicester are seventh, eighth best in the league, supposed to be. Like there's the top six, supposedly. You got Arsenal in eighth or ninth. You got Spurs who just got sixth. Wolves who are there thereabout. Leicester should be nowhere near the top six if the supposed top six in air quotes are doing are on job. So the fact that they were even third for that extended period is impressive given the level of injuries. So, so, so yes. So technically, yeah, it's a bottle job. You guys could have got one more point. I mean, come on. But I can understand, especially given the seasons that the other clubs have, Leicester can have the same problems and it's just more understandable. Now, this is something I need to point out. Chelsea. And Manchester United to an extent. In the past 15 years, this is a stat, stat merchants. In the past 15 years, the Premier League has sent 61 teams to the Champions League. That's whether qualifying through the Europa League, winning the Champions League, or top four. Okay. This Chelsea team is the 60th worst in terms of points earned and goal difference. Manchester United, I think, are the 59th worst. And then there was another there was another Manchester United squad a few years ago that was also on 66 points, but their goal difference was better. The 61st team was the Chelsea team in 2011-2012 that qualified in sixth after they won the Champions League. And then you automatically get qualification into the Champions League. So Tottenham missed out. Which then begs the question, if 66 points can get you into the Champions League. How much credit, really, should we be giving Lampard and Solskjaer? Because people will say, well, they got the job done. They got into the Champions League. But for me, that must mean something's gone awry with the league. So do you get credit? Unless Lampard and Solskjaer were the reasons that the league was trash. And they, I don't know, they got all the other teams to just lose when they needed to. And they were just pulling strings and giving brown paper bags here and there. And there was some real corrupt shenanigans going on then maybe i could give them credit because you actually did something but they haven't done anything they've been trash but the league arsenal spurs they've just all conspired to get these two guys in the champions league somehow which is why i've always said that don't talk about the premier league being the best league in the world don't the premier league this season has been trash that's to go with 99 points from liverpool exactly and that's to go with 66 points qualifying you for the champions because let's be real Chelsea United have been trash in basically in any normal season you be you been you don't you don't make top four right but Tottenham were hopeless with Pochettino hence why he had, he had to get sacked Arsenal were hopeless with Emery he got sacked and it took time for Arteta and Mourinho to sort of get these guys you know on the straight and and and, and narrow so yeah it's like busy it's one of those things that we're like, they also say it is what it is. We have qualified for the Champions League. For instance, it's like winning the Champions League, having only four shots on on target in like the eight games that you play. That's horrible. But you won the Champions League in a useless way, in a crazy way, but you still won it. They deserve credit on some levels. What I kind of refuse to do is drop my standard of expectation to meet the ineptitude and the regression of the club I support. So most people, most Chelsea fans, at least I won't speak for United fans because I don't know enough, but most Chelsea fans that I see online, 
come at it with, he got the objective done, therefore it's a success. And I understand that totally. Like, if you get it done, you're in the Champions League, that's a successful season. But I, I'm looking at the context of the season, of what, what does being a Champions League club mean, and what does qualifying for the Champions League normally connotate? And for me, 66 points isn't enough. And you can look through the season and see, oh, you drop points here, you drop points there, you lost to West Ham twice, you lost to Bournemouth and all yes. these other teams. This team, there were points available that would have made this so much easier. Mm. If the league was good enough to where, you know, there was multiple versions of Liverpool, multiple versions of City, multiple versions of, I guess, Leicester when they were good, Tottenham when they were good. Like if there were those kinds of teams in the league, then fine. Like I can understand you losing, but they are there. Liverpool are getting 99 points. City, at least, I think they breached 80. So it's not like the points weren't there. It's just that you weren't able to, you weren't capable of getting them. So for me, I'm not dropping my level of expectation. I still expect you to get those points. And it's not like you couldn't have gotten them if you would have managed the squad better or played X player instead of Y player or done these specific things during the course of the season. So obviously, I know we're dealing with rookies. Yeah, we're not just, you know, rookies, man. sophomores, juniors, but you know they're not the finished articles yet. So maybe I need to be a little bit more lenient and adjust my expectations slightly. But I'm not willing to give up the idea that, yo, 66 points is not a good season. It's just not. It's an okay, mediocre season that in any other year in the past 15 years would not have got you Champions League football. It just wouldn't have. It's just facts. And I'm not going to budge on that. So, yes, Lampard, you get credit because you, you got the objective done. But the objective wasn't that hard to get done. You just had to not be worse than Leicester. <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, basically, it's no, but look. I'm happy. I'm happy. Like, I'm, I'm totally no, happy. Wait, wait, wait. Let me show you a flip side. Let me show you a flip side. Flip side is this. Rookie, you lose Hazard, transfer ban. Mm -hmm. Young players who are inexperienced with playing a Premier League season. So we need to combine all those things together. You're like, oh, Lampard, pat, with a pat on the back. Now, if Chelsea want to be Chelsea, from the Mourinho days and so forth, you're going to need more than that. And I've always said that if Chelsea wants to now really compete and be back to the top, Lampard is not the dude. Lampard is not winning titles or trophies or a Champions League with Chelsea. That's not happening. But you have to commend Lampard for what he did with those things. No hazard, transfer ban, mostly young dudes who haven't really experienced this whole Premier League thing. But talking about... But Sokshare... Mm -hmm. You've got to hold his feet to the fire a bit, a bit more based on the players you had at your dis disposal. Because facts, United's team squad is far better than Chelsea's. Facts. I mean, all you need to mention is Martial, Pogba. See, that is enough to be saying, okay, that's, this, is, this is a better team with, 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 with better players. And Sokshi, you've had more, more Premier League experience than Lampard. For Sokshi, mm, you should have done a lot better. And see, this is the way United fans and Chelsea fans now have to now say, okay, now, look big picture now. Is Sokshe really your long-term solution? Are you still going to hide behind, hey, man, he's a United legend. Fergie loves him. He's following the Fergie way. He's United away. Cool. Chelsea fans, are you really, is Lampard really the long-term solution? Man, he's a Chelsea legend. He won the Champions League, scored so many goals with us and everything. Well, behind him. Okay, cool. But you're going to have to, I know what the answer to those questions are. And I've said that before that these guys are not long-term dudes. 
Pep Guardiola is a once in a kind of cycle coach who just falls into coaching and has crazy success. That doesn't normally happen. Um, you need years in the game to really be doing what these guys are doing. Before Klopp was Klopp, he had to cut his teeth with mines before he really could get a handle with Dortmund. And Klopp has shown that, okay, this is a special manager because not everyone is a Klopp. <laughs> Do you remember Conte's last season? I think it was 2017, 2018. Oh, yeah, severance package. The severance Yes, package. the severance package season. Do you think this season was better or worse than that season? Because if you look at the table, Conte got 70 points. He got, oh, he got 70 points. And finished fifth, which is why Sarri was in Europa League. So in the season that we think Conte was intentionally, he got 70 points. Lampard was out here trying to win games in a league that's worse and got 66 points. Mic drop. The evidence right. is there for you to look up. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm not willing to give up like, yo, you can lose... 12 games in a season and it's all right if you get the objective like what nah it's not oh it's not cool the objective is fine i'm happy chelsea are in the champions league that's great but it's not okay but, but, but. I, no, no no by the way actually no this this is a perfect transition i mean i could bash chelsea more if i wanted to but you know i'm look look i'm happy we made it i'm even using we i try not to use we i'm happy they made it but it's not good enough and it can be far better. That's all. That's I just need to get that off my chest because I because the whole Lampard praise is going too far, man. This isn't Zidane. This isn't Pep. This is just he's just a guy <laughs> that we like. We love Frank Lampard. He's like Frankie Lampard, yay! But yeah, this it's just there's something missing that I don't feel, and maybe other fans can tell me what it is. But mm. anyway, what is your top five Premier League champions of all time? And you have to rank them in terms of who do you think is the best. So just Premier League exploits only. Yes. Nothing to do with, with, with Europe at all. Yes. So my number one is Invincibles. Number yep. two, Centurions. Number three. I, I'm three. I'm still going to say this Liverpool team. So three, I'm going to say the this Liverpool team. All right. Then four, I'll say the Chelsea team. The one that's lost once. To Man okay. City, four or five, and then number five, I'm probably going to say the Man City team that got 98 points, based Ooh. on what, based on how Liverpool pushed them. Interesting. Okay, so my top five. Although I, I, I have a, I have something I want to get into later, which I think is a probably a more accurate way to do this. But I, I know the way people will think, so I'll just give the way people think first. Uh, my fifth team, my fifth best team, uh, or fifth best champion, will be Chelsea from 2004-2005, the one that conceded, I think, 14 goals in a whole season, only lost once. Number four is going to be this Liverpool team. It's kind of self-explanatory because I don't think this team played if, – if this team played better football, I might put them higher. But it's it's still mm -hmm. tough considering who the, the top three are. Uh, then I have Manchester City, the season that you just pulled up, 2017-2018, 100 points. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> just you know all right 106 goals you know uh my second team is manchester united 1999-2000 the treble winning team but if you just look at that premier league season i think that's the most anybody has ever won a premier league but i think it's 19 points could be 18 points my math is bad but it's still up there and my number one team is i think we have the same it's arsenal in 2003-2004 i mean you know they never lost so <laughs> that's not just a but, Floyd Mayweather, man. no l's 
Now, the, the, the better way I think we should do this is almost like it's like eras, but it's dependent on the manager. The Pep Guardiola City teams against now Ferguson was around so long that you have to break it down into like the individual years. So you might say between 1998 and 2001 or something like that. And then you could do the Mourinho team, the first Chelsea era, like that. Then you could do Klopp's Liverpool. And then Wenger's Arsenal from maybe, what, 2002 through 2004? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's the better way to do it. Is like this set of team, like this team didn't change too much. You might add one piece here. Okay, no, no, see, that's good. You see, you see now, if, because people are now calling me like anti-Man United. If you now do for teams, that's United Cristiano team mm-hmm. or even the trouble winning team i would put them third okay. or even second you know because again for me if we're looking at our teams because i see i think that that's even better like for me the invincibles number one number two i've got to say the peps man city team i have to then three i'll probably say the united team the trouble winning united team and then no invincibles Yep. Second, the treble-winning United team. Okay. Then third, the, the Man City team. Fourth, <laughs> the Cristiano team with United. Got you. And then fifth, this Liverpool club team. Right. See, now, if, if I was going by... Er- See, errors, it's tricky because Man- Manchester United have three. You have, like, yeah. the, the 90s, like, the, the mid-90s. Then you have the 2000s-ish. Then you have the... Actually, it's four. You so have 1994, the, 96, 2000, 07, 09, according to Ben McMinnis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it's like four. So I would go, my number one would still be Arsenal from like 2001 through 2004. Because they won two, they won two titles and finished runner up, I believe, to Manchester United in 03. Um, and in that, they have an undefeated season. So you're my number one. So I would go Wingers Arsenal from 02 to 04. Or 01 to 04. Then I would probably give it to United from probably 1998 through 2001. I think they won three in a row. Um, and included in that is a treble. So I'll give you I'll, – I'll, if you win a treble, even though it's not linked to the Premier League, I'll still give you like some slight credit that like there was some other stuff that went in here that was pretty dope. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you that. See, now it gets it gets a bit tricky. Because you're you're tempted to put maybe Guardiola's Manchester City or Klopp's Liverpool, but they're not finished yet. So maybe they could be better or worse. But I'm going to put them at four and five. So I'm going to put Guardiola at four. Like Guardiola's City, I'm going to put them at four. And Klopp's Liverpool, I'm going to put them at five. Although that would be contradicting myself a bit because if i give united credit for winning a champions league and liverpool have a champions league i'm going to yeah. have to put i'm i'm going to have to put klopp's liverpool at 4 and guardiola city at 5 but third i have to put Mourinho's chelsea so from 04 through 2006 even 04 through 2007 when they finished so yeah, that's a good point liverpool seen they won they won a champions league man that's right. big you know what that might even make me put them third now that i think about that's it I, I think they're going to be third yeah. you, have, you have to put them yeah. third so you know what? If we use the same logic, do Arsenal see bringing in Invincibles, man? Nah, man, Invincibles. <laughs> <laughs> Invinci- no, because yeah, it's bring- true. You're, you're right because they, they they didn't win a Champions League, right? Invincibles. I know. Invincibles, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so th- this is my list. I got Wenger's Arsenal. Then I have 
Fergie's United from like 98 through I think 2001. Then we're going to go Liverpool. This Liverpool. Then we're going to go Mourinho's <laughs> Mourinho over Guardiola. <laughs> then we'll go Mourinho 2004 to 2007. And then Guardiola's team is fifth. Who's sixth? It would probably be another United team. So like 2006 through 2009, the those Ronaldo years. Mm. And I don't know who's seventh. Maybe the city teams with um, Mancini and Pellegrini or whomever. But yeah, that would be that. I think that's probably a more fair way of breaking them down rather than just the single team. Yeah, no, no, no. I think no. I, I prefer the team things as an as a new as an errors. Yeah. That's that, that's that's better rather than putting it because I think you have to just look at okay, what did this collection do? Yeah, what did they accomplish when they were together? Right. Like just you know how they have golden generations and things like that. I feel like that's more fair. Um, we have Henderson winning the Football Writers Association. Do we need to get into this? Do we want to get into this? Basically, look, it's it's simple. He was English bias because he shouts and is a passion merchant. He isn't even the best player on Liverpool's team. That's either Saudi Mane or Van Dyke. And De Bruyne is gonna win is gonna win the real award, which is the PFA award. The award that the players vote for is the most important one. Because those are from your peers who watch you play, who are with you when you're playing. They're just probably more keenly aware of the things that you're doing on the pitch. So when Mares wins it or Kante wins it or Hazard wins it, or just you know, those kinds of those players that have won it in the past, when it's coming from your peers, I think that's a far better barometer than oh, writers. Sure. Because oh, writers sure. have their own biases. I'm sure players have slight biases here or there. I'll vote for the French guy because I'm from France, or I'll vote for the English guy because I'm from England. I'm sure that's there. No, no, but, but it's but it's more it's spread out if it's there. And there's this thing of, yo, this guy, I want him in my team. He's a footballer that I like. I feel like that's probably more prevalent no, no. with Basically, players than like you. journalists. Let me ask you then. If you're a player... What would mean more, an award voted on by journalist writers or an award voted on by people who you My play peers, in? my peers, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Basically, it's why I say that the SAGA awards for me are more meaningful than the Oscars because the SAGA awards are voted by your fellow actors mm. and the Oscars are just like some, 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 some old people in a room. Yeah. yeah, old people in a room. But if it's these are people who are, they do your craft, they understand your your craft they are they are with you they watch it they, they they know exactly what you do so for events in naman you're the best at this thing that's i dedicated my, my life to that feels a lot that's a lot more full, fulfilling yeah. so i, I don't want to hit on henderson too much he is important to liverpool as a team this award it's an individual award and H- henderson augments the team he's an important piece in the team but he's not the most important and on top of that, there's players. There are players who've, who've had better seasons as individuals. So what De Bruyne has done is ridiculous, and he should he he should be winning that award. But I understand if you have writers who are like I don't know, ninety five percent probably British, and they look at this guy and they're just like, yo, it's it's time to give us one of our own. Give us one of our own. One, yo, one yo, of can, our can, look up. Can we look up the list of people who have won this award? So the FWA player of the – can we look this up? Is yeah. this the one that Scott Parker won or is that a different one? Do you remember Scott Parker, the West Ham yeah, 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 former Chelsea player? Yeah. I think he might have won this award, you know. 
All right, let's let's see the foreign players who have won this thing. They must be undeniable. So I'm seeing Zola, Burkamp, Janola, Keen, Perez, Henri, Ronaldo, Scott Parker. I knew he won this award. He has none of the players player of the year or the F, whatever that is. He was the best player in 2011. Are you are you kidding me? Wait, wait, wait. Was that the year that United won the league? Yes. You have to be incredible, basically, in order for them not to give it to somebody that's English. <laughs> if they'll give it to Scott Parker, then fine. Jordan Henderson, you can get it, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we have to talk about this? Loic Perrin, man. This terrorist to football. Like man, we, all, we almost man. watched it live. I think they said Mbappe's out for two weeks? Three weeks. Three, three weeks. weeks. He's definitely he's definitely missing the quarterfinal. I get it to an extent. Like he's really fast, and you might be able to misjudge it, but it's just like that level of rashness. Basically, there is, it's just there is like, another on, way man. you can do a professional foul. There's another just way you can grab do his jersey, tackle yeah. him. You could tackle him like rugby tackle him, and that would have been better than the scissor tackle that he went with. But I guess if you do that, it's so obvious that you'll get a red card. But you're gonna get a red card anyway. So you, if you, if you grab the shirt, all you get is a yellow. Basically, whenever your feet leave the ground, then you're then, bro. What are you doing? It's 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 a sign that you've lost control. Basically, you've you're becoming Donian. <laughs> you've decided to become Don Don Donian on a football pitch. So you're like, why? It's so annoying. Well, why does this always happen to PSG, it, man? Like, what? Who? Who cursed them that somebody is always injured? Is is Di Maria this week? Is Neymar that week? Is Silva this week? Now it's Mbappe. It'll be Verratti's just Verratti, but it's just like he's how, 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 come, how come they're never at a hundred percent when the Champions League comes around? What is going on? Do you know what I think it is? Maybe I don't know. This is maybe spiritual or metaphysical, whatever. Whatever. Maybe God just doesn't like. Or Allah, Buddha, whoever you worship, maybe God just doesn't like the way that they came about, man. Maybe that, maybe no, no, that's but, what it is. But, but, but do you know why I like it? The reason why I like it. Then again, if is, that was the case, man, no, no. City would always what? have injuries. Chelsea would have injuries. Never mind. But why I like it is so for Neymar. Let's see you do this on your own. We've seen Last Neymar. Probably well, was on his own. We also what happened. Neymar, you now have to now do it on your own against Atalanta at the very least. Okay, let's see how how good you really are. Do you, know, really do you think this could be a blessing in disguise? It could be, yeah. You could put a more functional player in Mbappe's position if you're Tuchel and tell him lock up, just help your fullback. If you know how potent Atalanta can be, maybe not having another attacker on the pitch could be a tactical advantage if you could help lock down a flank. Or maybe, or maybe you could say maybe his plan would have been to let Atalanta have the ball and then hit them on the break and missing Mbappe's pace is a key absence. But maybe he could work around it. I'm just pissed off that they always have injuries when it's important. And they're not even playing in league games. This was like some next game, some cup game they were going to win anyway. It's no, but see, that's, that's the annoying thing. Why even play them in a cup game against Central? Because they haven't played at all. So you need to warm them up. Unless you want them to play Atlanta cold, they have to play. But the thing is that these warm ups are st- even still because like they're still like friendlies, <laughs> you know. This wasn't a warm up. This is like a cup final. It's a warm up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you heard exactly what I said. It's a one-one one. It's not the uh, for right. PSG. It's a one-one one. It's a, it's a friendly game. We have three transfers here. 
Do you think Havertz to Chelsea is a good idea? Yes or no? Um, I've I've got a yeah. I'm not I'm I'm not sure. I just don't know what 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 to make of him. I'm like he's young. He's doing all this stuff, but from what I've seen, I've not been overtly impressed with him. Do you think he, Do you think he's an 80 million euro player? In today's markets, yes, he is. Based right. on how young he is and how good he is for his age, yes. Should Dortmund be rejecting 100 million euro bids for Jaden Sancho? Yeah, I mean, look, you might as well just raise it to about. Dortmund, you've just keep, keep saying no to, until they give you 200, basically. Yeah, no, basically, you've shown yourself to be a selling team. You just lost selling players because you don't want to compete with Bayern. And so, so wait a minute. So, you just lost the title to, to Bayern Munich and you're looking to sell your best player. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. So, if that's happening, 150, 170. 150, 170. How, no, how, look, can we, can we pause here? How is it? That Dortmund sell all of these players for all this money, but they still can't get this league. What <laughs> what what are they doing with the cash that they get? So they got how much money for Dembele? A hundred, a hundred twenty. What did they do with it? Build schools, you know, like build better toilets, better dressing rooms. Basically, what they're doing. Showers, they, they 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 build Japanese. a better they they build a better youth academy to then sell more players. Yeah. I just I, I no I just want to know okay so 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 let's say you get every penny you can get from United Dortmund, what are you gonna do with the cash? Are you Nothing. gonna reinvest it into the squad? Are you gonna like are you gonna Nothing. challenge or are you just gonna pocket it? Look, we've been here before. It's a cycle. Dortmund have just accepted. You know what? We're just business. We're here to the Bundesliga. We're here just to keep the, the wheel turning. We do have to give them credit though. At least you're not selling to buyer. If if you must sell, sell outside of Germany, please. So, please. so Daniel, wait, wait, do you really believe that Haaland won't end up a Bayern in a few years when Lewandowski has, 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 has retired? I hadn't thought about it, but now that you bring it up, I mean, it is. Yeah, maybe. Although I don't, don't United want him as well? Maybe he'll go to England. All I just ask is just don't give them another Lewandowski. Don't give them Goza. Don't give them uh, the Hummels. Just this whole... Line like why would you sell them to the guys that you're? It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense unless they they're a business. Clearly, they just we're gonna do what's best for our bottom line, not necessarily what's best for like winning the league. You know what? Maybe they maybe they're such a little brother that they think no matter what we do, they're gonna win anyway. We could spend all we could spend three hundred million dollars. We could spend three hundred million euros. It's Bayern will still find a way to win. So why even try to mess with them? Whereas I think Leipzig might actually be trying to win. They're just not good enough yet. But then I asked the question, why would you sell Timo Werner? Who knows? Um, I have Osimhen here. It seems official that he's going to go to mm -hmm. uh, Napoli for, I think, an initial fee of 50 million euros, which puts him somewhere along the richest Nigerian player ever. I think it's – I think I was hearing something about 70. Because, that's that's with um, add-ons, though. Oh, I don't yeah. No, no, but basically, Nigerian journalists, um, Mr. Omar Akatuba, say he's a close friend of Victor and he's known him for a long time. And he said, Look, it's a done deal, Africa's most expensive player in history, and so forth. Um, and, and the thing though is that because he's because obviously I've just been following it from him, you've had all these crap rumors like Liverpool, United, and everything. And the guy said, Look, bro, I know this dude, I know this family, but guys, like. Well, who is this dude? 
Now I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait until Fab, Fab, Fabrizio Romano says it. Whereas, like, <laughs> also because I'm Nigerian and black, he won't believe it. Like, I I know this dude. <laughs> so, yeah. These these were questions that we didn't hit last week that I want to touch. So this is from Keegan Blaze. I would like to know the top three tiers of goalkeepers and where are the top active goalkeepers placed? Maybe a top five. So what we'll give you now is our top five goalkeepers currently. We, it doesn't have to be in order, but I, 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 it's pretty simple. Oblak, Terstegen, Kepa. <laughs> Don't kill me. <laughs> and then, and then Manchester City, Ederson, Edison. and Liverpool, Allison. I think that's the top five. Kutwa, Oblak, Allison, Edison, and uh, Terstegen. Oh yeah, Terstegen. Oh, yeah. So, and then on the outside, Neuer probably could be or should be, but. It is what it is. De Gea should be or could be, but yeah, it is no. what it is. Dortmund don't have one. PSG. Who's PSG's keeper? Oh, oh Navas. Kendall Navas. Ah, he's he's on the outside looking in. I you think. know what? I will. I, I would say um, Ariola, not the Arilola. breast, but the player. <laughs> Ariola. <laughs> he's he, he's pretty good. I, I saw Chelsea were linked. If that happened, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, um, Ajax has um, Onana. On, 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 Oh no no, Donnarumma. Uh, <laughs> exactly, that's the exact sound. <laughs> it's like uh, uh. It's, it's like it's like he fully has, but it's like. Uh. I've done some research. The Lazio goalkeeper. He's from Albania. It's I don't know how to pronounce it. It starts with an S. Chelsea should buy that guy. Perfect. Strakosha. Strakosha. Thomas Strakosha. Chelsea should buy that guy. He's like the right age, the right height, great. Do you know who? No, no. Do you know who? No, no. Who's that you go for this? I said, summer. No, hell no. That's just Keppa. That's a that's a little bit better Keppa. What? Have you seen how good this guy is for Switzerland promotion? Glad back. No, no, no. I don't want another six foot goalkeeper. You can keep that. No, 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 no. Summer. I need the next goalkeeper to be taller than me. Wait, wait. Summer is tall. No, he isn't. What? You have Google and Wikipedia. Please, please screen share. Please screen share this. Okay. How? No, no, no. Before you Google, how tall do you think he is? At least six foot something. At least six three, six four, something like that. No, no, you're on drugs. He's six foot, six foot one, maybe. He's just another Kepa. Well, actually, he's better than Kepa. Let me not, let me not be disrespectful. The heck? Six foot nothing. Exactly. Don't talk to me about goalkeepers, bro. I do this. This is my position, bro. Yeah, and, no, but... and he's 31? Come on. Oh, come on. As a, as a keeper, th- 31 is like 25. Yeah, man. but I'm saying in order to get him from Mönchengladbach, you'd have to pay at least 35, 40 he's billion so... euros if how, you're Chelsea. How, how, how tall is this brick, man? They say 6'1". I think he's just taller than Aspilicueta, which means he's like six foot, six feet tall. Yeah, it says, six, it, it says six one, but I, do, I don't agree. It's six foot nothing. Bro, it's 5'2". Now, somebody says Casillas was like six feet two. What's interesting about Casillas is that his ape index. Did you want to get really scientific? Can you type in ape index or gorilla index? I know it sounds wild, but type in ape index, and we're going to teach the people some stuff. Ape index, okay. Yep, bingo. All right. Ape index, ape factor, or gorilla index is slang or jargon used to describe a measurement of the ratio of an individual's arm span relative to their height. So a typical ratio is one to one. 
as identified by the Roman writer, architect, and engineer Vitruvius prior to the 15th century BC or 15 BC. Now, what this means is if you are six feet tall, your wingspan from finger from your middle fingertip to on your left hand to your middle fingertip on your right hand should be or is typically six feet. If you're five foot eleven, your wingspan will be five foot eleven. If you're five foot ten, your wingspan will be five foot ten. There are thereabouts. Now, this is important because Cassius, although he's six feet tall, his ape index is longer than six feet tall, which means his wingspan is, I think it's somewhere around six foot four, which means on on the end of his hand, he has two extra inches that his height doesn't, it's outside what you would typically expect from somebody that's his height. So that helps him to reach shots. That hey, he I remember this dude. Someone like Keppa, I don't, his arm, or even Jordan Pickford, their arms don't seem long. Like they seem short. Now, and if you gave Keppa, let's say he's six foot one, if he had the wingspan of like six six, you're putting two extra inches on each of his arms, which he's then able, instead of weak wristing shots and them hitting his fingertips, they hit his palms. So that's what Casillas has. He just has abnormally long arms for his height. Keppa doesn't have those long of arms. If you think about Floyd Mayweather, for instance, Floyd Mayweather is five foot eight, but his reach is of a six foot man, which mm. means his punches have a two inch greater reach than somebody who, that would normally be that tall. Conor McGregor is insane. Conor McGregor is five foot nine, and his wingspan is six foot two. So his wow. punches reach two and a half inches longer than a normal person who stands five foot nine. So these are it's a it's a basketball thing, it's a boxing thing, but I think it translates perfectly to goalkeepers. And because Kepa has short arms, him you can't compare him to Casillas because Casillas is built differently. Mourinho wouldn't even have seen it this way because he wanted Diego Lopez because he was just physically bigger and taller. <laughs> but <laughs> but the point remains: Casillas and Kepa aren't the same because Kepa's arms aren't long. At least at least they don't seem long to me, and the evidence suggests that I'm correct. <laughs> Whereas with Casillas, Casillas, I think he had better reflexes, he had better positioning, and he has the, I don't know, it's like a gift that his just his arms are longer than his frame. That's some science nerdy stuff, but it's called the ape index. I don't like what it's called. Like, imagine <laughs> it's always like, hey, yo, what? what? That, that is interesting. That is no, but interesting. Imagine, if, imagine if somebody said, uh, what is Onana's ape index? Like, hey, 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 easy, easy, easy. What do you mean? <laughs> or his gorilla index, like, chill. But when it's Kefa, we can go there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see if we have any more questions. Um, do you think the Ballon d'Or would be canceled if Messi and Ronaldo were front runners for the win from Ace? Oh, no, definitely not. Do you think the Liverpool, City, Man United, and Chelsea will pull away from the rest of the league next season? If not, who do you think will make the top spots? Similar to this season, three groups Liverpool, City in one group. The other group battle for top four, then the other group, which is sort of like mid-table and battle for relegation. Last question. Do you think it would be harder for Liverpool to retain the league next season? You can see how emotional this title was for them. Do they have it in them to win back-to-back? Takes a different kind of motivation to be able to do that from Ben. I think the gap is so big that even if they fall off a bit, they'll be in the running. If you had to, if you put a gun to my head and say, Daniel, who will win? I'll tell you Liverpool. But I think next season, I think Liverpool are probably still okay. They have to buy. They have of to course, buy. Of course, of course, of course. If if they don't buy, they will struggle. 
Yeah. And I think that's you see, it's 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 one of the things that you learn in football manager where like you you have you have to buy. Because if you don't keep improving, get new new players, you'll get caught up. So if they buy well, I'll put my money on them to defend their title. If they, they don't, it'll be man city. Because and, and the key thing is that it's not you only need is one amazing defender and an okay defender, because an amazing defender raises the game of, of the average to defender. David Luiz is a lost case. Put a world-class <laughs> defender next to Mustafi, Mustafi can cope. Stop going in on David Luiz, man. He's useful. He just makes big-time mistakes, and people blame him. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a crap defender. He's a, he's a crap defender. He's an okay he, defender. He, he's a very good football player, very good, very talented. That's what makes him an okay defender is that his ability on the ball. What makes him a questionable no, defender but, is the defending part. That has nothing to do with it being a defender. Yes, it does. In today's no, age, where you're playing like two feet passes from goal and you have to play out, David Luiz is a better defender. If you put somebody no. who thinks the ball is a bomb, no, no, that, no, no. that wouldn't help Arsenal. Kellini has no skill on a ball. <laughs> but he's still an amazing defender. But he plays alongside Benucci. But who did most of the defending? It was Kellini. As a defender, there's a space for David Luiz in a back line. It's just not next to Mustafi, and there's a place for Mustafi. It's just not next to a David Luiz. They're Look, a, they're a bad pairing. Luiz Luiz is a crap defender. You have <laughs> two, you have two liabilities defensively. You can get away with one if they have quality on the ball, which Luiz does. You can't, but you can't pair them together and expect a season of consistency. It doesn't work. So if you put David Luiz next to a John Terry, it'll work because you have a defender and a ball player. If you put him next to Gary Cahill, it's a mess because you have two. Who's going to make the mistake first? Just go ahead and get it over with. Like, let's be down 1-0 after two minutes so we know we have 88 minutes to, to get two goals. Anyway, it's hot in here. So let's let's bounce in. It's getting hot in here. So take off on your clothes. I'm going to take my thing all out. DMX, very underrated, man. Very underrated. That was Nelly, though. I know bots. I just thought of DMX. <laughs> All right. This has been the Talking Tactics Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics. Follow us on Instagram at Talking Tactics. Have hope. Where can people find you? Have hope. All you got to do is say halfhopefootballhut.com. <laughs> That's all you got to do. <laughs> it's, 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 it's too easy, man. It's too easy. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Daniel to look on Twitter. Um, follow us. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. And yeah, we will we will see you guys next week. So, Talk and Tech, this podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.